welcome back to Buckle Up Baby Episode 50 50 50 50 50 We talked well, about uh family vacations. I went to uh, Israel. I uh, went to the other holy land, Florida. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Florida. My name's Florida. That's not even We got a little bit into the ladder with Crowder drama at the Daily Wire. Mhm. And uh, we planned our own our own betrayal. Very good. Oh, maybe yeah. we betray each other. Oh, I'm gonna secretly record my. <laughs> listen, I. Do, that's the plan. That's I just it. gave it away. Right. Um, at some point, one of our conversations, I'll have you on record, and I'll screw you over so <laughs> hard for lot. clicks for There's AJ lot, comedy. Yeah. My fans would love it. <laughs> Anyway, so we covered a lot of different topics in episode 50. Very exciting stuff. Stay tuned for this episode, and thanks for watching. Yes. To add in your bullshit at the end. <laughs> Interesting. Um, uh, we both were on a little vacay. It's not really a vacay for us. It's more for our kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing I always feel is crazy is like out of the whole like uh, New Year's, Christmas, va- vacation energy that ends. New Year, everyone's ready to kick it into gear, start working, and us Jews have to go on vacation again. We're always off schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the- I haven't worked since like before Thanksgiving. It just feels like you're just like, all right, I'll do this. And I don't yeah. want to work anymore on vacation. Yeah. Like it's always hard to like multitask it. So I kind of also took a week and a half off in the middle of get back to it. Yeah. That's how this felt. But it ended up being fun because we were staying in a city. So after the kids would go to sleep, one mm-hmm. of us would go out. One of us would watch the kids. One of us would go out with friends. You see? And That's you fun. figuring it out. Yeah. So where it did you fun. go? Tell the folks. Um, well, so I went, I went to Israel. Mm-hmm. I met someone there who said, he's like, yeah, I've been, I've been binging your podcast. And I was like, oh, uh, it was someone that really didn't expect it. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, he's, uh, he's a friend, but like, I, I, I wasn't expecting it. And I was, he's like, yeah, I really enjoy it. He's like, everyone out there like, well, with podcasts, I feel like everyone's trying to like, provide value. He's like, what I love about you guys, you guys are just like, you're not providing anything. You're like, <laughs> That's exactly two what... guys talking, no value. I love it. That's an interesting comment, that compliment. Is it backhanded yeah. or is it fronthanded? I think he meant it. Yeah. I, I think he meant like it's refreshing to not, to not have to like be learning something. I think it's also like we're not like agenda driven. The podcast where you can find out everything you need to know about dad living. Right. It's like, what? Right. Like and we don't pigeonhole ourselves. Right. Like these guys, these guys mislabeled that I'm a fans of. I've been watching. Did you see? Did you see what, what I sent you? No. What'd you send me? Oh my god! Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, I sent the, you the, that from right? a Flappish Girl. Flappish Girl. Yeah, we got to yeah. cover that too. Yeah. yeah. We we was don't. That, did that went around? Yes. I I th- th- it was a thing on mislabeled. I thought was that the reaction video? Look, I saw showed? a couple things. Of, yeah. We have to fill people it's in what it, we're talking all, about. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just steamrolled it. But you're saying these guys mislabeled were what? Are like the fact that they're like in a category. No, you can see more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're awesome, mm-hmm. but they're very much like, why would someone go on the show who doesn't want to talk about Judaism? Right. Because that's that's their thing. I think they're doing it in a cool way, but it's um, it's not what we're doing. Yeah, in the same span of things of when you know when something happens online, like you get one thing, you think it's like okay, somebody. So only the person who sent it to me knows what this is. Then you see it everywhere. Yeah. So my cousin sends me this clip, and he he writes. I don't know what the F this is, but you're in the small vein, Venn diagram of people who would find this hilarious like me. And it was the Flatbush Girl live stream. Do you know what happened? Did I send you that video? Yeah, yeah. Explain it for the people. Yeah, she's doing a live stream. I think it was on sexual harassment. Flatbush Girl is this like from a Jewfluencer. A Jew, a fromfluencer. Yeah. A Jewfluencer. And in the middle of her live stream with somebody who represents like Schiffer, an organization for like battered women. (laughs) 
that she brings in her friend, but it was a hacked account, and some guy gets in front of the, front of the screen and starts just swinging his <laughs> naked body and his dick in front of the screen like this, and it was just, in- oh my god, that's disgusting! And it got around, yeah. and it was insane. And like people were like, I'm appalled, but then when you actually send it to people, they're all cracking up, yeah. but they're like, appalled. Um, and I think people on the mislabeled podcast commented on it, and then there was a whole back and forth between them about... Is this funny? Is this not funny? And he's like, no, obviously sexual harassment. I'm like, don't get into the weeds of this. This is freaking Uh, hilarious. Some guy did this. It's hilarious. And you know what's not hilarious? Like abusing women. They're different things. This is a prank. It was just, it was insane. Quite impressive, the guy too, if you saw Who are these people that get off on that? Really, really quite something. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) I I thought at first, I I was like, oh, this woman's husband... Like she set up the Zoom oh. in their room, and this woman's husband doesn't know. <laughs> and, and then, and no, then I'm no, like, no. oh, he took. Oh, I, maybe he just like is taking advantage. He's like, oh, this is happening. I might as well. <laughs> that's what you. That's where your mind. That's goes. That's what I thought it was. No, it was some guy who had. And there's like a delay because we see it first yeah. before she does. Who are these? I showed people? it to. Like, what do you think that guy does for a living? Like, who are these people? He didn't even show his face. He got away with not it. showing his face. Yeah. How impressive. Yeah. Um. What does he do? I imagine he's uh. You know, sponsored by. <laughs> Tradition soup. I have no idea. Crazy. I don't think it's a living. No, but he might what, be an insurance. It's like a kink. It's a kink. <laughs> it was quite something. Yeah. And and you show it to everybody. And as much as everyone wants to call it appalling, which you could say that in on they textbook, were, they were cracking up. Cracking up. It's yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. One of the funniest yeah. internet moments. They, the they too. They Legend. were cracking up. Oh my god. Themselves. Well, the thing is, the Meg that she made it into a drama afterwards. Like, vote is this harassment? It does not. Somebody got. I don't know the details in the drama. It's not that interesting. What's mm. more interesting is like how. I showed it to people from, not from everyone, my mother-in-law. I was like, you got to see this. And she was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Because it just breaks down that, like, civility wall. And we're all just like, it's like when those Zoom, the Zoom prank stuff, when you see people, it's just like, we're all just human animals at the end of the day. And this is just. And the real question is what that, is what that guy does, is that, is it that different than what Flappish Girl does at the end of the day? (laughs) So. They're kind of in the same business. Um, you have to explain that. You know, I, I'm not familiar with their work specifically, right? But I imagine just get getting clicks however you can. Getting clicks, I guess so. You're trying to grow an audience. You're trying to get yourself seen. And he's clearly a grower and a shower. Yeah. This guy. Um, <laughs> but um, in this space, you're either a grower or a shower. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this <laughs> labeled podcast is its own category, you, and we just shoot the shit. Could you do Gary V giving that guy advice? <laughs> Honestly, on some real shit, like putting yourself out there, literally and figuratively, is a net good thing. I think people are judging him too harshly, and Flappish Girl is judging herself. Right? Like it's positivity, right? You know, that guy probably tried doing a podcast, yep. putting TikTok content yep. out, and yep. eventually he was like, this then, is what gets me clicks. He found his niche, right? Dick. And we're all talking about it. Turns it. out this niche's dick was dick. <laughs> like he he's going for it. I, ultimately, it's positivity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what he would say. Yeah. Um, hopefully, that can make light of the situation, and we can all get along. Respect to everyone trying to put stuff out there, literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I'm glad we got a compliment saying you guys are just like. Sh- they, he yeah, was appreciating he that it's kind it. of authentic. We're just chatting. Yeah. I think that's what he's saying. I think so, too. Without trying to like... It's, like he's, it's an easy listen. Because I, 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 I've always said to you, too, like, in discussing ideas of, like, everyone's like, your podcast has to be about something. Right. It has to be, like, what is your, what is your thing? And I sort of understand that because it helps categorize it. It helps to have a message, to have a thing. But whenever I come across it, it's like, or Rogan... You know, by comparison. But, like, or you're just, like, sharing anything. Or, or the brand is you. 
Yeah. And what you talk about. Right. And remember the, the heat we got in the beginning for heat. Like people were like, well, what are you guys even talking about? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's yeah. the point? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. If people like it, let's see. And it looks like people <coughs> respond right. to that organic thing. Yeah. Any other yeah. comments, feedback um, from? <laughs> yeah. She talks to someone else who listens to like every single episode. Wow. Um, she yeah she just she just a woman? like she says she learns a, a lot woman? of stuff a woman <laughs> a woman a woman yeah. human yeah she said she learns a lot of stuff she was really complimentary now that um, that worries me yeah well she, she was saying she's like you guys have to have a woman I'm, I'm like why don't you come on she's like oh, i would never okay you see yeah, and that's that's what they all that's what i'm they all down do. not to paint with a broad brush but that's what every woman does they back out they back out no no one wants to be a on, lot of on, men do guess. too michael yeah. everybody backs out who gives feedback I'm like oh come on talk about no, yeah, no, no. anyone much. who gives feedback backs out right, right put right. your money where your mouth is true yeah true. um not just we're, the, we're gonna have more guests though this year yes excited That's about that plan. and a new space in new york city potentially where yeah. we can get more guests. Right, right, right. Um, you got to hook that up. Right. But uh, so that's good. So some, but it's weird when people just say like they watch every episode, like in full or it clip. Is like, weird. It's weird to me also. That's insane. Yeah. Which means that maybe we go deep and not wide. Like we don't have a huge audience yet, mm -hmm. but like the people who are right. there the are watching. Mm -hmm. So that's nice to know too. So if somebody wants to like you know advertise to fifty really engaged people, hey, a thousand true fans, tell me the more about Israel. How is Israel doing? Israel, so it was the first time we traveled as a family. Was it like really dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was like rockets and like you were like battling. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. No, you know what? That's like so not a concern anymore lately <laughs> for me mm -hmm. at least. Politics there apparently are kind of crazy. Bibi's the prime minister again. I have a, I had a friend who who told me he, he's going to leave the country because the the politics are just too crazy for him. Because there's so like um, so much turmoil and turnover. No, the way he explained it is like he's like in America you have like the Trump people and you have like the the not not you know anti-Trump people, mm -hmm. but it's fifty fifty. So like you know you're if if you don't love Trump, if you love Trump, you're not alone. If you mm -hmm. don't love Trump, you're not alone. You have a tribe. You have a tribe. He said in Israel, it's like it'd be like ninety five percent of people love Trump and like five percent people don't love Trump. So like if you're in that camp, that's like not into what's going on. It's like very lonely and like violent. He said people are getting like beaten up. If you wear like the wrong kind of t-shirt, you'll get beaten up. In the sense that whatever p political party is like in power is yeah. dominant each time. Is but the, how could the, the populations? It seems like the zeitgeist there is yeah. like super anti-Arab, basically, and mm -hmm. like super right. It's like super right wing is on the ascent. Well, it's because yeah, it's a small country. The second something yeah, on the yes. ascent, it's like half, you know, three quarters of the country is like five people. Right. I mean, it's small. <laughs> so you're just living in this family people. where like certain opinions become dominant. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah, really I don't know exactly. I mean, well, it, it seems like, I mean, but you, you have know, these weird coalitions. People must need it. People must want it. I would so. think it's more diversified because it's multi-party system. And then these coalitions form with people from all stripes. And then Bibi just keeps, I don't know. We should have got to respect the hustle. Politics, uh, podcast. Which one? We, is, we should have an Israeli politics podcast. Yeah. You got to respect the hustle. Bibi just can't. He's undefeated. So apparently what he's doing now is he's <laughs> like uh, weakening the courts. Okay. Um, and from an outsider's perspective, it's like interesting to watch because mm -hmm. like the people who are against him are saying he's weakening the courts because he wants to get himself out of trouble. And then the people who are for him, you could like hear them regurgitating a narrative that was sort of like designed where they're like, well, he has to weaken the courts because they're not elected. Like the courts are going against the officials we elect. So like our elected officials have to weaken the courts so the will of the people can be implemented. And like I from it from like being a thousand miles away, you can just hear like, oh, somebody came up with that talking point. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's like 
it's it's Dwarfed. already filtered its way through it's everybody. Sticky. It's stick. Like that's a really good point. And everyone's making the same one in the same way, which means like it yeah. was designed from the outsider's perspective. Every every like uh, Israel supporting Jew, especially in our, in our world, like in America, all we care about is can the prime minister get up there and speak in English? <laughs> that's all we want. A guy who like when Israel's getting blown up and destroyed from all sides. He can get up there and defend it morally in a nice, clear way. Yeah. That doesn't sound horrible. That's all we yeah. care about. So everything else beyond that, I have I, I have no real sensibility or understanding of internal Israeli politics. I just care that yeah. when Bibi Netanyahu gets up there, Israel will defend itself tirelessly. And remember, this is what we want. We want peace, but we will not sacrifice our children, even though they're willing to sacrifice theirs. Boom. That sounds good. <laughs> Ehud Barak used to come yeah. down, we want peace, but we, 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 we kill and we have to kill. We don't want to kill the babies, but we kill babies. Babies get killed and we don't want to kill babies, but we blow up babies if we need to to have peace. And I'm like, no, I know what you mean. It's their babies. I didn't do babies. Yeah. Babies go, they blow up the babies. It's not nice. Yeah. Not, not okay. <laughs> not okay. And it's like, uh, you know, yeah. that when he was prime minister, I remember him on like 60 minutes. But don't you think it's disproportionate? It's, 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 it's what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. They, like, they send in the rocket, we blow it up, and the babies, boom. And he's just eating hummus <laughs> out of the container. <laughs> I remember Shimon Perez was a little more articulate, you know. He was. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. <laughs> he, he's no longer alive, but he would say, we want peace, but we also have strength. Did he die? I think he's, yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He said, we have strength. <laughs> I remember he was in an interview and he's like the peacenik guy. He was like more yeah, left wing. Right. They're like, we have strength and we will use it. <laughs> he's a peacenik? I think I Shimon Peres was more left wing. Isn't the conspiracy theory you see how little that we know? he shot Robin? Shimon Peres? In, yeah. The, you haven't heard that, that theory no. that like Egal Amir... Shot him, but he didn't die. And then in the limousine, oh, that it was killed him. I think you may be thinking of someone else, but I don't know. I just remember an interview with him, and he sat down with like some journalist, CNN. We have strength, and we will use it, (laughs) (laughs) and we will use it. Speaking of which, Fauda season four began or five. I'm not on it. You haven't started any of it? I watched the first few episodes. Very good. Oh. It's very intense. It's such a rush. I'm never in the mood for it. Oh, it's my favorite kind of really? entertainment. That's the You like vibe and I, chill. We yeah. finished White Lotus season one over vacation. Yeah. I thought it was awful. Season two is supposed to be very, very good. Se- season one was terrible. Yeah. I don't. Like I, I didn't one. think it's like qualitatively terrible. It's just not my thing. Season on. one was like Hot Girl in the Office. It was like COVID good. <sighs> People liked it because like there wasn't much I remember when you were on. talking about it. Yeah, it was. It's 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 a it's a tone. It hits it hits a tone. The season two is supposed. It to be also very good. obviously makes a point, and I get the point it's making about exploitation and like, the, so, oh, none of the good guys, the, the, the all the bad guys win in season one. Like the worst characters, right. and they're obviously by design. Every wealthy person, well to do person, is just a shallow yeah. person, void of character. It's all like it's just slant. They make a point that's pretty valid, but yeah. it, it's too one-sided to me. So what happened? Life is more complex well, than like the rich are just these shallow yeah. people with nothing, nothing of value, and they're just exploiting the laborers. So, so what happened is this guy Mike White who wrote School of Rock. He's yes. the he's the weird-looking guy. In School I know of Rock. he is. Yeah, I that, found out from the from the Golden yeah. Globe speeches. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh gee. <laughs> oh yeah. So, he, yeah, did it yeah. so HBO called him up and were like, "We heard you write quickly and well. Mm-hmm. Can you write a show in, in like in in the next few months that takes place in one location?" The White Ladies. So he's like, "Sure." Um, that was good. The White. You know, I stayed. At, <laughs> this is how bad I feel. I stayed at the White Lotus. 
That's the Four Seasons oh, in Maui. You did? Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the Four Seasons. And boy, did I complain. <laughs> I, I got the pineapple sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's the Four Seasons in Maui. We That's stayed there really on points funny. like years ago. It's incredible. That's though. great. Let me uh, tell you. It's a great impression. Yeah, for sure, yeah. white ladies. To, I did it, the best dinner. <laughs> is it as like uh it's so nice. Is the service as good as they as they Amazing. Yeah. I've never experienced it's the best really? like it's the top of it's Are forced. there only like seven guests there at a time? Uh, do they care about? There's only seven main characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, sir, I, I hate to tell you guys know you guys are actually side characters. <laughs> yeah, and then this woman comes up and goes, Ah, oh, gee. You. Oh, <laughs> it's my mom. Oh, wow. They like, take yeah. the drink out of your hand and give it to her. The service is impact. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, there's only like a couple resorts on this little strip. Yeah. And Hawaii is, and like LA when, to Hawaii is a popular destination. When you get there, are the servants there clapping for you when you arrive? <laughs> they give you pass out pineapple. Yeah. You know, um, that's awesome. You on your honeymoon or baby moon? Oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> so, you were saying so they approached. So Can you write told, quickly? Yeah, they told the guy. So he wrote it. He wrote. He wrote what he could, and and it turned out to be a hit. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I I think probably even if you asked him, he'd be like, you know, that like it, it might, might have been a little one dimensional. I just mm -hmm. kind of like wrote this thing on a large. Yeah, and I think I think he went back for season two to really think about like. What could I really say? Apparently, it's like season two is deeper and more complex right. and more interesting. And it's also just even like everyone talked about the score. You got to listen to this music, and it's cool what the composer did. This visceral desire, yeah. the human. I, I maybe I didn't get maybe I'm. It's like a lot of like, yeah. <laughs> I um maybe I'm not as deep as I used to in analyzing all of it. Maybe I miss things, and I think I sort of get the main takeaways because there's certainly like the exploited and the exploiter theme that starts to just kind of come up out of nowhere and then you're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, I get it. These people are all at the service oh, right, of the wealthy. the guy who worked there. And the, and the guy who worked there and at the end, <laughs> spoiler alert, White Lotus season one, but like at the end, all the worst characters win, but do they really win? They all have miserable lives too, but they are the ones who end up heroic. Right, a way my, one of my favorite podcasters explained it is uh, when you go on vacation, you're still on vacation with yourself. Mm. That's kind of the lesson everyone learns. You can't like leave your yourself anywhere else. Right, but if you remember how it wraps up, like the the couple that was having trouble, yeah. oh, and like she decides she, fa she falls back in love. Yeah. Well, the couple that was having trouble, like the family that was having a horrible vacation, yeah. like she falls back in love with her husband, but only because he rescued her from someone who was just trying to, like he tackled that guy who broke into her safe, mm. and then he was like, "You're my hero." So it's like you only love this guy because he like machoed and like tackled this other guy who mm -hmm. was trying to steal your jewelry so that he could give back to his family whose land was stolen. Mm -hmm. That whole theme. Yeah. And then the couple and she ended up just cowarding out right. and not like being a coward and going getting back with I him. That was pretty moving. What? That, that that portrayal of someone who just sort of like was like an honest spoke yeah, to you. An honest choice. <laughs> no, but it, but that's that interesting. That it, that it twisted back. She's like, I yeah. can be, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that was just it was very icky. You were just yeah. like, oh. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that before. I think that's yeah, the first yeah. time I've ever seen that. Yeah, you're right. I, I appreciated that. Yeah. I'm like, but but it had no good guys. Uh, right, right, right. It had no good guys. Right. So he was like the worst character in the show. He's like, I wanted the pineapple sweet. My mom paid for that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Molly Shannon, she was the saving grace. She was amazing. Yeah, she's great. But um, she was like, be happy, be happy. <laughs> um, and she did, you know. So she was obviously it could have bad characters in it, but or like weaker characters who were failures. Yeah. But everybody and all the good guys got screwed. The masseuse who ran the spa, her business plan. Right, she was just right, using right. her, right, right, and right. like she really had no interest yeah. in any of it. It was the it. same point over and over again. Yeah, just like I'm like okay. Yeah. Then there was this element of like the ape, the the like the animal yeah. and the man 
thing. It's really but, funny to be like recapping season one of White Lotus. No. I know, I know. <laughs> but I just watched it. Yeah. I'm just saying, I couldn't understand quite that theme. Where he's like, we have these animal urges and these human, and we're always fighting the animal. I remember that part. He talks to his son about how he cheated on his oh, mother, right, right, and he's right. like, we always have to fight the oh, animal. That, like kid. But then the score was also full of like, <laughs> like these these primal urges mm-hmm. and the 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 host the, the main guy who, who managed white lotus who managed yeah, the hotel yeah, yeah. was all about fighting his primal urges until he said forget it yeah. he was like eh. and that that right. got a little messed up remember he was like i want to get you naked let's yeah. party yeah. him like that whole primal thing i couldn't quite figure out where that fit into the, anything like what are we talking about here like what's happening when i went to fish on uh, on new year's i saw like like sort of you like, had an orgy with five men <laughs> i saw i saw like a sort of like a handsome older man yes. man hanging out with like five like oh boy like wookie hood rat like bisco like yes. like flat rims with pins all over the head yeah. like dirty and my mind immediately went to that, like, this guy's paying these kids for gay sex. Oh, yeah. That's why they're all hanging out. But that whole scene, I'm just like, you remember the scene <laughs> when he opens the, uh, yeah, like, yeah. This, this dynamic? It was, like, yeah. it was something. It was that was the end of an episode. I'm like, I don't want to go to sleep right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to Israel. How was Israel? Yeah. How do we get on the white lows? Oh, because of Fauda? We got on it from yeah. Israel to Fauda so I watched, to shows. I watched Hit and Run. Oh, it was terrible. Which, which, yeah, I didn't, Horrific I didn't show. Segev. <laughs> but he's amazing as Daron. He's in, good, yeah. I, he's I, good I, have, in, I have to watch You should watch Fauda. I, I mean, it's... A, I, so anyway, yeah. you like a White Lotus vibe right, in a right. lot of shows, and you I like, like a Fauda vibe. A little yeah. more a more action, more stimulation, right. more like, oh, what a ride. I yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's comedy or action, I like yeah. that kind of stuff. Israel. Um, yeah, it was pretty much like Fauda. <laughs> um... What? Um, where? Yeah, it was. So you saying the politics? <laughs> oh was no! There? Well, I was saying I was with my family. Yes, it's a family trip to Israel, mm-hmm. um, and it felt like craziest tangent we've ever done on a pod. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, it felt like I, I was like with my family for the first time. Like we talk a lot about we like we were talking, probably you know a bunch of episodes about how like just like a day with the kids was like very daunting. stressful and daunting, right? Daunting, and I kind of realized like. I spend most of my days with the kids just trying to get through it. Mm-hmm. And like this, I think it was the first time that I was just like, just spending the time with them. I was like, Sarah and I are going on vacation with these, with like this chick and a dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why we decided to go with them. They're like very needy. Like, You're a chick and a dude, your daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who are two and They're very one. needy. Like we got to put them to sleep. We got to like change their diapers. We got to feed them. They're like, they're a lot. Mm. But like we're hanging out with them for for a week. Yeah. Um, and it was fun. It was really, it was really wonderful and really lovely mm. and really nice. Um, yeah. And I want to take that uh, spirit more back into just like my Sundays of like, yeah. I have to get through the day. I just have to like spend it with them. Yeah. You know? So just be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's like a lesson I have to learn over and over again. But that that part of the trip was worth it just for mm. that. It was like a really, really, really nice. Um, you experienced it too yeah. when you came here for a week, and you're like, huh? Like it could all just like look at that. Yeah, especially with friends, right? Yeah. So we were hanging out a lot with friends, yeah. which was like the vibe. Remember, there. I was like hanging out with friends with kids of their own too, and you just kind of bundle it all together, all that parenting energy, yeah, and just say go. Exactly, it helps. Exactly. So that yeah, yeah, there were a bunch Takes of friends with kids, friends without kids who who were just helpful and like like liked hanging out with them, which mm-hmm. was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like we were staying in the studio. It was like it was like it, it was like very not high end. Like it was the opposite of the of the White Lotus. We rented got this Airbnb studio mm-hmm. with like a little basement. So like the kids would go to sleep and we would just like be hanging out upstairs with people like quiet because mm. like we didn't want to wake them up. It mm-hmm. was like it was fun. It was like not like mature. It was mm. like. It was just fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I yeah. think COVID like really sucked that out of life. Right, here in the like yeah. East Coast. The energy of that. 
Um, people are, yeah, I mean, yeah. And you're me in a city. You're in a city. And yeah, being a city also, right, right. You're I've in been Jerusalem. Sitting a long time in Jerusalem. Um, so yeah, overall, really good trip. Mm-hmm. Really, I feel like I got like, I've been so cynical for a really long time, which you, which you were very good at pointing out. I feel like, I feel completely on her optimistic for like the first time. I feel like, give yourself a week. What? Give yourself a week. You'll yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But no, it gave you some real strength. Inner soul. It was yeah. a soul quenching. Yeah, it was like a, a jolt. Trip. It was a really good jolt. And what about yeah. lifestyle in Israel? Did it give you a, a sense of uh, orienting yourself towards? Yeah. Um, What's the final frontier? You were, you were mentioning to me before we started recording about like how things in Israel, it's always hard to perceive because mm-hmm. you're in vacation mode. Everything is fresh. Everything's right. novel. Wherever you visit, it's, oh, this is so cool what you guys do. And then the people who are there are like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. But the taxes. Whatever it is, they know everything, yeah. and you're just seeing that like glimpse, and yeah. it's exciting, and it's always cool. But you were saying there's something there that does that it's like forward looking or forward. Yeah, when, I just I was sort of yeah I went sort of with like the the I wanted I will I wanted to I didn't really have any expectations for like doing anything. I was just yeah. sort of like seeing like how people are mm-hmm. like like how and like people tend there i think to enjoy themselves you're talking about americans who've moved there yeah americans have moved there yeah. who, like who have been there not israelis no no right right so i guess like whenever we go there's whenever i go there's always a thought like could i live here like yeah. these other people i see are doing right. i've never been one of those guys ever ever right. um it's always felt like the final destination but never in any practical way right oh yeah and for the post fir- practical yeah for the first time thinking about it like really practically like like we have a house and like we have kids thank god it's like mm-hmm. awesome like mm-hmm. how like could like could we do this mm-hmm. like that there and like um yeah. yeah the people that are living there like it's not easy for sure mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stresses involved there but their quality of life like their their quality of happiness seems higher than most people I encounter here like they're they're living in a more um not profound but more like vibrant way life is more vibrant there i think for a lot of people because mm-hmm. maybe because of the struggle like obviously to mm-hmm. a point it's like challenging up to a point where it's like unsustainable and awful they're like more engaged and more excited yeah, they're excited more engaged, by their right? they don't have they don't have family immediately there to help right. so like the families are doing things together like you'll go out to eat at you know at 10 30 p.m there's like you know a couple with kids yeah. like sitting there it's kind of like williamsburg and borough right, park right, in that right. way but not hasidim just like normal yeah. people right there's not like so like families are doing things together um, and like everyone's, everyone's figuring it out. No one's like, no one's like doing that well. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's trying to like. There's not one like out. techie dude crushing. He's probably I mean, not yeah, in that. Yeah, Maybe. yeah there, there are obviously, but yeah, like, yeah. and also like people's houses aren't like even the nicest houses aren't that nice. Right. Like there's still like the showers without like the the floor. Yeah, you gotta like squeegee, squeegee. it up. So like, so people aren't like. There's a humbling and e- equalizing and, and, effect. And you want to of... go out. Also, yeah. you're not like you're not like so comfortable. Like you right. wanna, you're like if I'm here, I might as well enjoy it. Like yeah. I'm gonna go out and eat and and see people and. Um, there is something yeah. to be said in general in life about uh, easy doesn't mean happy. Comfort doesn't mean better. Right. A little bit, but there's a balance. If yeah. it's too comfortable, you can end up just feeling like you lose your sense of what you're oriented towards or you lose your agency yeah. of like putting in the work. Joe Rogan talks about that all the time. It's like, what, how do you keep yourself grounded in any ways? Like I do things that are very difficult, mm-hmm. physically difficult. Right. That's a big part of my life. It's because it helps just keep him as a realistic grounded person by doing things that are just physically hard. Yeah. And, uh, as opposed to, I'm not like, a, I can't wait to just call it quits and just like live on a beach. It's not, 
To me, that that yeah. wouldn't equate to happiness yeah. or fulfillment. We, I had this experience. That, you always seem to say that, but I don't know if I don't know if it would really. You say like, I just want to get to this like promised land. I'm, I, I, I've heard you say many times. Do you think he has enough money to just stop? And I was like, why would he want to stop if you like want to make something? Well, these, so well, you to, know, to to that point, yes. it seems like the people there. The people they're like I don't know my friends there. whatever who you were exposed yeah, to yeah 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 let's they, not say everybody yeah, like, they they sort of like they're living kind of like semi retired in a way like 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 they like they're <laughs> they they work as much as they kind of need to right and then like they have kind of like pretty robust lives outside of their work like, oh interesting but like if if they work American hours like they'll have a whole morning routine where like they 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 like do something every morning they're like part of a a group that learns together or they'll they'll have like a uh, life more enriching and, and then they have their work. And then they have their life. It's not defined or consumed fully by like what work are you it's doing thing, right now? It's a thing they do. My, they it's more to European it. too, I think. Yeah, the probably, influence in probably. Israel. But 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 that sort of more mindset of like of like I want just enough money to just chill, to just get up and do what I want to do every mm -hmm. day, or um, just that the, the fact that they're engaged in other interests outside of like this is going to grow my career right. and my brand right. and whatever it is. Right, right, Whereas right. certainly here, certainly East Coast or America, yeah. there's a culture of like you're in work mode now. You right. got to grow. You got to build. You got to gotta be something gotta make impact they're like i want to do this i want to do that yeah. you know yeah. yeah but the cost of living in israel is not it's not like it's it's freaking expensive Super as hell the real estate in jerusalem yeah so then insane. how does that work i mean it's kind of like we were looking at like like i mean just online like a 10 million dollar house in yeah like a really nice sure neighborhood is made not, an offer not that nice <laughs> right, right right it's not that nice 10 million yeah it's not that nice it's like it's like it's 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 like it's great it's yeah. like i would live there but like it's not a 10 million dollar house right like, um just like like a nice pool outside and like right. like an outdoor area, but but then like you still have these rooms with like it's like hard floors and weird like air yeah, conditioners. Yeah. Like so it's just like how does that square with but, um, the idea of like everyone's there's this, like, sort of a content like I I do a bunch of different things, but you said there's like a forwardness to it. Yeah, so I think uh, you're not talking so about career the, the when you thing, said that. I think you and I have been dancing around something for 50 episodes mm -hmm. really, which is like I think it's it's really mixed up in COVID. It's really mixed up in both of us making kind of COVID decisions to leave the city and move to the suburbs, like and uproot like, and leave, uproot and like and like kind of get comfortable in a house. Yeah. Like we're we're very lucky and privileged to do that. But yeah. either way, like that's the like like and and there's been this kind of like discomfort with that and dissatisfaction unsettled. with that and un unsettled feeling of like something missing. And like mm -hmm. we we've been dancing around and trying to talk about it in different ways. I think maybe something I realized there is a lot of what we do here is sort of look backwards. Mm -hmm. Like look at where we came from. And like especially me, like I'm looking at and compare. I'm looking at projects that like I started five to eight years ago and like I'm still kind of working on them. Mm -hmm. And like I'm sort of looking back to who I was then and trying to recapture that mm -hmm. inspiration and try to, you know, to regenerate it. But there's a lot of looking backwards. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I felt like there just in the week I was there, the people who moved there possibly because they live in a city still possibly because they've had this profound and, and moving experience of being, becoming an immigrant and moving to a different country. Mm -hmm. They're like looking forward. They're mm -hmm. like, someone put it as um, like your, your feet stay on the ground, but the roof keeps getting higher. Like your, your horizons just kind of keep growing. And your horizon can only keep growing if you're looking forward mm -hmm. towards your life and like being really willing able, and willing to like let go of the thing that came before. Like me, there certainly probably is a let go, a let go mentality because they've moved to Israel, so it comes with the the what's built into the cake is like we've let it we've we have we've had to leave right. everything that we right. were comfortable with right. in America. Right. Forget like just moving from one community <laughs> to another. We left America mm -hmm. where we were raised, where we understand things, where we get how things mm -hmm. kind of work. 
we have the traditional like Jewish communities that we come from and go to Israel, mm-hmm. like you need to develop that ability yeah. to move on. Yeah, to but, a new lifestyle. But we should it, be able to do it here also. So I, w- I want to try to foster no, that and, more. Yes and no, because we grew up here too. <laughs> well, but because we returned. But for you and me, maybe that's part of the problem. We shouldn't be places where we grew up. Like, we, or not, we shouldn't. We we prefer to be in a new place because because it, it it makes us feel more happy. Yeah. Because 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 be, being here forces us to keep looking backwards and like it's, or, yeah, like you're right. Like I like we we shouldn't have to. But that's what we do. So, or it's also so when you've lived. Why, live, when, why when, do it? Yeah, and also like living in a when when you know for me it's like you just learn things about yourself moving to a new place and discover new things about you dimensionally that you couldn't have discovered beforehand. So you think you're like I, I you right. think you're into this. You think you're into that. Then all of a sudden you move to a lake hypothetically. You're like mm. oh my god I really love lake life I, even right. more than I ever I didn't realize because I didn't do this <laughs> or yeah. I love city. I used to think I'm a suburb guy. I was always a suburb guy. Mm. I'm a suburb guy, Michael. <laughs> I was always like, not a, you know, when you label yourself things yeah. based on experience, Jordan Peterson's like, you don't, has always talked about, you don't know yourself as bloody well as you think you do. You think you know yourself? You think you know what you believe? You've no idea. <laughs> no, it's like, all these people claim on this, on that, here's what I know. It's like you, he basically said the self is a mystery to oneself just as much as anybody else is a mystery to Right, you. right. And so it's like, I grew up in the suburbs and like, I'd go to the city here and there, but you know, I, I, I always liked suburb life growing up. It was a good childhood and all that. Yeah. So in my head, I was just like, yeah, I'm a suburb kid. I'm a child of the suburbs. Yeah. And then you, and I never lived in New York City, but like I lived in like a hybrid city of LA. And like, again, now I'm like kind of craving that aspect of yeah. life that I like, oh, I really do like yeah. that energy. Even just like having the bodega right there, whatever it is, yeah. like accessible to you and being in the suburbs kind of feels a little bit, can feel a little suffocating and a little bit like, Oh, like you get new preferences as you age and whatever. Right. So, right. So, I mean, so one, but of I also things, like having a yard. Right. But so it was one of the things that's meaningful to you is learning new things about yourself. So like, you, yes, yes, if you lived in a place that, that you could do that and yeah. you'd be happier in, yeah. in a lot of ways. I, I love kosher pizza. It's delicious. <laughs> um, it's so fun. The food there, like oh, I, the I food passed scene. by pizza and I thought to myself, this used to be the place. And now it's, it's like garbage. It's garbage. Yes. The, the stuff they have going on in Israel oh. now with kosher food. That's what's been so exciting to me about watching Israel from yeah. afar, like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, it, food revolution, artist revolution, everything, arts and feels food. Like, uh, it feels like, you know, when you get on a plane and you see all the movies they have and you're yeah. like, I could sit here for a week and, and not watch every movie. Right. The food. I'm so excited for this. There's the, so much food. You walk into the shuk and you're like, e- like each, every dish has its own, there's a shakshuka place, there's a hot dog place, there's a french fry place. Oh, like, that's a specialty. Yeah, yeah, they, they just do this one thing insanely well. It's what? like there's like a schnitzel sandwich place. They just make schnitzel sandwiches like on challah bread. Did you eat it? I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't what did you get I, to? I, I gave up. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I was just like. See, um, I wouldn't. Uh, oh wow! It's my oh, also, something Sarah does when she finds something she likes, she just keeps going. Oh. So she found a place called Joseph Burger, and we just kept. We was just it kept delicious? It's really good. Really, really good. <laughs> um, what I, I mean, I ate like the first night we were there. We I we, haven't been to the Shook in its current form. I went to Jocko's nine years ago. You yeah, know? no, the Shook is like um, it's really it's like a fantasy land. Like, uh-huh. um, and people are hanging. I don't I haven't seen it in so long. It's uh, yeah. There's music blasting. There's like a bar and restaurant like every square foot. Um, and it's and just what's like the demo? It's everybody family. What's the demographic? It's 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 like a lot of teenagers and a lot of like. Is it American and college people? Yeah, yeah, a bunch of Americans. It's it's really yeah, all there's kids there. It's like really all over the map. We we landed, we landed at like 
whenever 5 p.m. We got, got to an Airbnb like five hours later. We took the train. It was crazy. Mm. It was like 11 o'clock. We got dressed and went out. It was like it was okay, like the yeah. best way to start. And like our friends came out and like people That's passed fun. by. It was like it was like that thing. Did I've you been say Best Buy? Years. Like people would just pass by. Oh, and, like, and then we went to Best Buy. Oh my God, you're here. And, like, <laughs> and then we went to Best Buy. I'm like, well, that's a curveball. Dell laptops. <laughs> that's a curveball. <laughs> There's one in Jerusalem. It's amazing. Oh, no, it's, a, it's a, like not the best. Um, yeah, sick. It, it was one of those, like, I haven't had a night like that in yeah, so long. Yeah, yeah. It was such a great way to kick it off. Right. And then the kids were crazy. And, like, we, like, brought them back. But it was, mm-hmm. like, um, it was so, so good. You went out with the kids. We this place. Sh- yeah, yeah. How were yeah, they, they not, were, how were you we not those dead? People. We were those people because of jet lag. Yeah, yeah. For them. Yeah. For them, it was 2 a.m. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't know. Um, sounds I don't, I don't, fun. I don't remember. It sounds details. glorious. And then you got to reconnect with old friends, and yeah, that's good. It, it was really, it was really awesome. Yeah. Um, where was it going with all that? Um, I was and, asking. Oh yeah, well yeah. For, I, I said forward facing life, being feeling like there's an energy. Yeah, and like I guess I was thinking for the first time, like what would it really be like to move here, and also not like Watch the keyboard. Maybe, maybe when I was younger, I used to think like if I move here, I have to become Israeli. Like I have to be one of these personality types that mm-hmm. I've. See around me. Who nachon, nachon, exactly. Nachon. As I went to the um, like the Chania, how do you say the uh, right. parking, parking, right, parking, right, like right. those people. Right. Um, but like sort of. Going I don't think there, any American who moves there does becomes that, that like fake no, accent. They go, they, they, but they, they say they M. They say like M. This. They start to talk. I, I always lose it. Yeah, they say they say M M M. I mean like a Moshe Vamadrich or something. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. But but going and being like, how could I as myself live here? Like not. You know, like develop, but not have yeah. to change who I am. Like, yeah, how could yeah. I just be here? And um, and just thinking about like what quality of life would be there. Your beard grew back in one trip. It's unbelievable. <laughs> just like literally, you landed without a beard. Well, the time with those in there. Exactly. But it was nice. It was cool. It was a different kind of trip. A different kind of Israel experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, adulting in Israel. Fun. It's great kind of, for kids. Also, there's yeah. this. There's this. Uh, have, there's this park there for kids. That they designed to look, da- they must have designed it to look dangerous mm-hmm. for like, uh, for you know, when a kid sees a slide that's like, yeah, so big, right? Even adults see it and are like, oh my god, it's an IDF training safe? facility, yeah. IDF training. Well, they want the weak ones. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, but it's just like it's just like this like paradise for kids. They, right. It's just like it's built for them to. Israel's a, a, a one big playground for in, them. In, in like the little like bodegas, they sell like baby food. Like, ah. like just if you're just on your way. You one thing you always food. notice in Israel, even I, yeah, in Israel because it's like the Jewish state. It's like you walk around Jerusalem, you walk around Jerusalem. There's people with strollers at all hours of the night, and there's a kid sleeping. Yeah, so it's like nothing stops you. Yeah, as a parent, yeah. you see a lot of that. And like yeah. I also I go, I've been on vacation times, and I'm just like, oh, there's like entire families out at all hours, mm-hmm. especially the more religious, like Hasidim are walking yeah. around with kids. Nothing stops them. Yeah. Doesn't stop them here either. Yeah. But in Israel, it's like it's more, it's common. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. Well, I That's went cool. to Boca Raton, <laughs> and it was lovely. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, it was nice. It was nice. Of yeah. course, if it's nice, it's the most pleasant place on earth. I yeah. get it. I could die there. Many people do. <laughs> Many people do. Slowly fade into the into the wind. I had this bit for stand up once where I got up on stage and everyone's like, I was like, Floridians, man, everyone's giving you guys such a hard time. They're like, oh my god, oh my god, you're being so lax during COVID. How could you? All the old people are gonna die. And I was like, guys, it's Florida. That's where people <laughs> go to die. Um, but no, uh, it's very, um, it's very, like Florida 
is has nothing on Israel as far as what anything you're talking about. It has well, I, I have to say, Miami, I think, has become like the default like place for defected Brooklyn nights and people who want to like who are young and want to come down and like, especially yeah. in like the Chabad community. Yeah. For Chabadniks, they want to come down from crown. Uh, Right. Like people are coming to Miami. It's like for singles, for people who want right, to like, like have a city-ish life. Right. Like, like Miami is hot. Doing, like, yeah, like I'm an attorney, but I should also like just sell cocaine. Like live life like a little bit and go. Um, yeah. Boca's like as suburb as it gets. It's super pleasant. You just drive from one parking spot to the next. Do you have a joke in mind? No, never mind. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, but Boca's is as easy as it's like uh-huh. weather's beautiful. There's some, there's a, you know, but it's not much. I wouldn't, it's not comparable to any sort of city living. It's yeah. just like really nice and yeah. pleasant. And then Miami, for us, it was also a kids' trip. Like, we took our kids to different things. We made it a trip for them because it's their break from school. Right. Went to this museum. We went to, uh, had the beach day, pools, and they just had a really fun time just being out and about with us. Yeah. Like you said, quality time with your own kids. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, here we all are. It's like yeah. doing our thing. Like, you're cool. You're nice. You seem nice. Yeah. Miami is, um, Miami's cool that there's like it's a little more city esque and there's an arts district and there's that kind of stuff that happens. It has an East Coast energy to it too because there's so many East Coasters, like a New York energy to it. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, of people coming down to Miami, but there's not much like that you don't already know about Miami that I could tell you. It's yeah. Miami, sun, sunny. <laughs> I'm just saying, nothing exotic wise. It's Miami. Is it? I think it feels like if I could ever, if I were to be in Florida, there's something about it that that feels like too comfortable in a way or like you know not enough of a i don't know i haven't made up my mind about it It, i think you do very well there me yeah in miami yeah why is that what i'm saying is i I, I, I wouldn't do well you would do well yeah but i'm not i'm not a nightlife guy i don't go to clubs no not about that just i think they love like those people love the life of the party you know what i mean They, they have a high respect for the life of the party but it doesn't have a lot of substance no no I got a sense, and this is just a sense. Like it didn't seem like Miami, and like it just doesn't seem like it's about that. Like who cares? Yeah. Don't talk about anything. Let's just like chill. It's so, right. which is bro, when, you're so serious, <laughs> <laughs> bro. When you, but when you live in New York, New Jersey area, you go to Miami yeah. all the time. Yeah. So it's like I, a, don't, I don't go actually. It's I know, but I'm just saying you life. can. It's like yeah. a part of your life, like yeah. to go down, go for this thing, go for that thing. Right. It's not like you're there all the time, but it's not. It's not like a. It doesn't feel like such an alternative place to you. It feels like a place that everybody goes to. It's like, oh, we all go down to Miami. You haven't in your life. But I can tell you. But I will say, like, as far as kosher food goes, Miami wins. Great. Lifestyle, yeah. I was there for, like, an afternoon. It was wonderful. For uh, my friend's wedding, I went for the 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 kosher food in Miami, we went to this place. Like, every, every time we're there, there's a new place. There's a restaurant row. And one thing I give it a lot, I'm very big on, like, uh, props to Miami for, and this whole area is that it's, like, clean and Mm well-maintained. And it should be what like LA looks like. LA should look like mm-hmm. LA should look like Miami. There's no reason why it shouldn't. Needed DeSantis, but it but it be President DeSantis, but it clean it up. But it doesn't look like yeah. Miami at all. It's a dump, and it should. It's like, and you know, and I go during like these like breaks where all the Jewish schools are on vacation, Yeshiva Week, and it's and it, it's yeah. a, it, you would hate it. It's like Jewpocalypse. Yeah. But um, but it's but it's good quality food, and it's like good funky fast food stuff, and it's fun. And, but it, to me, it's a vaca- it's a vacation. Yeah. It's very much a vacation. It doesn't feel like I'm like, you know, yeah. I went to my friend, visited some family who live in Hollywood, Florida, which is like in between, and yeah. there's like nice suburban life there. Um, but I don't know. You'd wake, I don't know. You'd wake up and you'd be 60 and went, oh, what happened to all those things I wanted to do? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But some people are like, you know, if you hustle down, I don't know. You look at your own. But at the end of the day, I'm, then I'm like, I'm I, think, I think being adjacent to New York City at this point in my life yeah. and all the things we talk about, Better. it's right there. And there's, it's New York City. Yeah. And New York City still wins. It beats all of it. 
Yeah. Maybe not Israel. I love New York. I love New York City. I go to New York City. I'm alive. I'm like, I, f I love it here. Yeah. And just like, I just love it. I was happy to come back. I'll be honest. Were well, you nice. really? We got into a nice suburban. Traveling with, with kids is also a whole different thing. You can't yeah. just get an Uber. Um, oh. We had to like pay like oh, like uh, like for a car service to take us back. Or the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. Nice I got. I'll back. give you a guy. I'll give you my guy. guy. You got a guy. Great guy. You gave me uh, the other guy. Handyman. Handyman. Great. Oh, he's amazing. I knew that was the move too. He's amazing. But uh, yeah, well, especially when you got four of them. Boom. In, yeah. in these suburban, you know. Yeah. You how, do you, how do you do it? How do you get to the airport? In a suburban. We we barely fit in a suburban. How's that possible? Two kids. How's that possible? With a all, suburban with luggage and stroller and car seats and everything. Oh, we ship uh, all the, the luggage. Just kidding. Like, like, <laughs> oh, we <laughs> ship the luggage. No. Um. What are you talking about? Suburban has like two uh, seats here uh, and a row in the back. Yeah, maybe there's a row that they didn't set up for us. It could be. Look, two seats here. Yeah. Driver's seat, passenger. Yeah. Two seats and a row in the back. Yeah. Three kids in the back. Uh huh. A uh, fourth kid in one seat. Yeah. Wife here. And I'll take Maybe, the passenger. I think you put the other seat back. I guess there was or the more, more room than normal yeah, yeah. for luggage. But the thing with the uh, we, like we we were going, we're, we're like we're going to Israel. We have we have to get two car seats. Like mm -hmm. like it's how are we gonna get from there? But we're like we're obsessed with car seats. Mm -hmm. Within within forty eight hours of being there, we were in a cab just holding the kids on. Yeah, laps. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why it was oh, the so car seat thing you let go of pretty quick when you're so when you're rogue. Man, yeah. yeah, yeah. You did that also in like, cabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're in the city with kids, you just get in the car. In New York City, people people hold kids on their laps. I oh. thought it's like highly illegal. It, it, you just, you just do it. And just oh, do it. I didn't know that. I think so. Because oh. you don't have a car seat with you, and you're with your kids. <laughs> you just bundle them one of those van if you cabs. Think about it for more than a second. It's it's quite a scary uh, thing to be doing. I was just checking the time. We got um, the time. We're good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But um. Yes. And then you're just like whatever. So what happened? You said you ran in. Am I? Am, you ran into uh, <laughs> ben, ben Shapiro. Shapiro. And you said there's oh, so, uh, yeah, you I, with him in Boca. Yeah, speaking of Boca yeah. and my and and, uh, and Florida. Well, I did bump into Ben. Yeah. Um, I mean, eviscerates Ben Shapiro. No, no, we had a nice conversation. Oh. A nice conversation, but I don't have to make it personal at all about about the we we spoke we we, we I spoke to him about yeah. this uh, this issue that went on at the Daily Wire um, this past, which is Ben's week. website. Ben Ben founded it. Him and Jeremy Boring, this guy. Yeah, I think they make a um, hundred million dollars a year. Oh, it's insane! They're there. They've built a media empire. It's 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 quite impressive. We all know what the Daily Wire is. Who's watching? If you don't know, go look it up. All right, you know what the Daily Wire is. I would. When Ben was the editor of Breitbart, he left to make the Daily Wire because Breitbart. He he became he was the editor in chief at Breitbart. Yeah. Then he left after an incident with a reporter Michelle Field. I think her name. No, no. There was they, Breitbart was stumping for Trump and just became a publication that was pro-Trump. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, Ben left and started his own company called The Daily Wire, Got it. which was like first just like articles and these kinds of things and built it up with his business partner, Jeremy Boring, who's the CEO. And they've built um, an empire. Like, yeah. And now they have like 400 employees. They're headquartered now in Nashville. They moved from L.A. And he lives in everyone lives in Nashville, but he lives in Miami um, because of the or Boca because of the Jewish community. Yeah, Ben's in Florida. I read an article about Ben's it in Florida. Times, yeah, yeah, I think. Or you, New Yorker. You're saying because yeah. it's like public information? <laughs> Yeah, he moved yeah, to Florida. Yeah, yeah, he made yeah, a video yeah. about it. He moved to Florida. Well, that's how I know it. That's yeah, he moved to Florida, yeah. and they they moved the whole company to Nashville. Yeah. But um, the point is, yes, you talked to him about this drama. Yeah, yeah. So there was war. some drama this week in conservative media, like big drama, a big soap opera style drama. Where so, so wait, let me preface this with yes. the whole time I was in Israel, I didn't even I didn't update my podcast episode feed. 
So I and, and I didn't check news at all. Oh. I took a big detox. So yeah. I don't I don't have, I don't know anything that happened. So I felt pretty good though, right? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, but I'll tell you, so yeah. in conservative media, a massive drama this week because basically um there's a, an online content creator, YouTuber named Steven Crowder. He has mm. a show called Louder with Crowder. I'm surprised you don't know what it is. I'm sure you've seen him. He's built up six million subscribers over there. He's one of the most successful, like Conservative media so YouTubers. These things are very siloed. If you're not in it, you're you don't yeah see yeah yeah. It. But he has a so, huge following. Yeah, and he tours and he's got a whole thing. He's like huge in this space. Huge, yeah. as like a, a creator. He's a, as a guy who's done videos and he has the segment called Ask Me Anything, where he goes to college campuses and he debates people. He's got all that stuff. He's all, funny. He fancies himself a comedian and a comic and all that stuff. I mean, you wouldn't find it. I don't think you would. Yes, yeah. it's it's on the goofy side right. of things. And he's like, he's like, we're gonna go and own the lips. Join Mug right. Club. Is he super? Is he like more to the right than Ben Shapiro? Or just as right? Okay, right wing, like, pro life for guns. He's a, he's a reasonable fellow, though. He'll 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 say something reasonable here and there. Yes, but he's also in it for the fight. He likes he okay. likes the fight. Okay. He likes the debate. So he likes not, the provocation. He's not a reasonable. Fellow. reasonable like 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 on any given issue, you know what he's gonna say. He doesn't surprise you with what he's gonna say. No, he doesn't. But he's okay. a, he's good at what he does, and he okay. I think he buys into his his ideology. He's mm -hmm. conservative, and he's in it for okay. the fight, fighting the left, fighting the you know. But it's that classic sort of thing of like this is my show, yeah. um, and uh, we're gonna have other people on and debate them and try to whatever, and he'll crash like left wing events. Right. You know, I wouldn't. He's not Alex Jones conspiracy style stuff, but he does like same kind of tactics of debate. And Got it. he's not Alex Jones, but he's a conservative media personality okay okay and he and he's had falling outs with like fox news and then he was with the blaze for a while you know what the blaze is right I don't owned by glenn <laughs> beck owned by glenn beck They're, okay okay the macro the macro background of this is as legacy media is sort of dying and we've spoken about this over and over mm -hmm. like these new media outlets have formed from like the young turks on the left to the daily wire on the right and other people who've created like the blaze and what they do is they'll like sign contracts and deals with online creators in this space to give them like money to do shows and podcasts mm -hmm. and these kinds of things and create films like George um, Peterson. So like you said why yeah. you asked one question a couple of weeks ago, why does Jordan Peterson sign with the Daily Wire and I sent you a video as to why. But that's like common practice now. Yes. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch anything. Well you okay, yeah, yeah. I sent you a video as to why and I'll tell you why they made a video explaining why Jordan joined. I'm all over the place. Let me guess. It wasn't because of the money. <laughs> well, anyway, this guy, Stephen Crowder, was allies and good friends with these people of the Daily Wire. They've done stuff together and crossover stuff all the time. And it came out that they offered him a contract to like join the Daily Wire team and be part of the Daily Wire Plus subscriber base behind the paywall, put content up and stuff. They offered him $50 million over four years. Holy. Yeah, that was his contract. Hell. It was a term sheet. It wasn't even a binding contract. They offered us conversation starter. That's crazy. And, and yeah, they offered him $50 million yeah. over four years. Like, they don't just make hundreds of $100 million a year. I think they make a lot more. But um, okay. anyway, I get, and they, this was like so he could have an operating budget. He could do podcasts. He could do his content. But they would have, it was like a signing with any platform. They would own some pieces of it or whatever. Yeah. And then he comes out first with a video. Uh -huh. saying, I didn't want to have to do this. And he goes on, and he's like, I'm not going to name names, but we have to stop Big Con. They're becoming an arm of big tech. And he reads the terms of these sheets, and he's like, these are egregious. They're going to exploit younger, exploit younger creators in the conservative movement. This is about a movement. It's not about the money. He doesn't name names. But everyone's like, this is the Daily Wire. This is the Daily Wire. Everyone's guessing it. So Daily Wire issues a response, and the CEO reads the term sheet line by line. This is what we offered him. This was a conversation. He's a friend of ours. I'm not sure why this would be going down. They're like, they've been friends and associates forever. This is like a Game of Thrones level thing. Then Stephen Crowder issues a follow-up video to that. 
and he goes, I didn't want to have to do this, mm-hmm. but boom. And he pushes record and he recorded secretly a conversation he had with the CEO Whoa. of Daily Wire. And it's not that damning a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> like he made said, said some lines like, listen, so we offer them slave wages when they start, but they grow their brand. We make them famous and then we can renegotiate. He's like, this is it's not about the money. And he's like, I just think if somebody comes in with 100,000 subscribers, how are they going to? You know, deal with your your the terms of this contract without being completely exploited, whatever. But I'm just like, he's Explo- like, Exploit- I mean, it is exploitation. It's working. But it's like, yeah. It's but working. listen, and he's like, but you'll own that content in perpetuity. But he's like, it was all very confusing, and it was clearly this calculated effort by Stephen Crowder yeah. to remember the scene in the Red Wedding in, in Game yeah, of Thrones yeah. where he turns to his best friends and goes, yeah. and now he wants to start his own. I think he wants to start uh, his own movement, his own. It's Empire. The, they're eating themselves. That's what I'm saying. What was so fascinating to me, it was one of the most bizarre displays I've ever seen in any media, let alone new conservative media. But it seems like as the the battle lines have been drawn, the left, the right, legacy media, new media, now with the new media, there's this like, I remember it was like Candace, Ben, during the whole Kanye thing. Yeah. It's like all this fragmentation. And then at first, the Daily Wire was like, we wish Stephen well. Hopefully, we had a, we offered him a, 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 terms, a, a term sheet. It didn't work out in the end. Then four months later, you know, Four months later, we wish him well, but then he came out and with this pre with this recorded thing of his like best friend of ten years, yeah. and you're like, what? So then everyone at the Daily Wire has been ripping Stephen Crowder to shreds. Desp- ben released a video saying his despicable betrayal, where they're coming, they're, they're being fully transparent about it. Michaela Peterson releases a video explaining her dad's contract. He's like, I felt the need to say it because Stephen has been saying how all of us are like shills for the Daily Wire, and I'll explain to you exactly what our agreement was. Listen, we're big boys here. We have we we were adults. We negotiated a contract. Took five months to right. to negotiate, and she explained like what they gave Jordan Peterson. Right, those are opening offer. terms, and then you say no, yes, that doesn't work for yes, me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, so anyway, the Jordan Peterson thing. Not to get too much detail, you can watch the video. But you're like, why does he need this? You I were, want money. You were being <laughs> all cynical. About the money. Why does he need this? Why does he need this? And it was like yeah. they were able to. He wants to make a documentary. He has a film he wants to do. He mm-hmm. gets flown all over the. He for his interviews, like they will fly an entire crew, camera crew, to his cottage where he lives, so he could film it there. Before he was doing Zoom interviews, right, right, right. And you're like, this is stuff he he can't just pay for constantly out of pocket. Right. These operating expenses are huge. I like my money. <laughs> this is, it's not about the money. But you're like, why does he need this? It's like now he has a whole infrastructure in which he can do a two hour. A, a thing that took two weeks yeah. to film, a roundtable discussion on Exodus with some of the brightest minds in the world. They fly everybody out, including security, hotels. Like right. He's not just going to do that out of pocket right. without the infrastructure and the machine of the Daily Wire behind him. Now he gets to do it. That movie, What is a Woman? Remember that movie, What is a Woman, Matt Walsh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Produced by the Daily Wire. They want to make, they want to compete with Disney. They want to do this. And they're running a business. Yeah. You ask, why does Daily, why does Jordan, you're like, he's such a, ugh, why does he need the Daily Wire? That's why. He goes, Ben, I want three things. Money, money, and money. No, no. <laughs> anyway, she explained it and made a lot of sense. I'm like, yeah. look, he has this opportunity to, to, to operate at a whole different level. I hear that, I hear that. He was doing Zoom calls before, and now he's like, they fly... <laughs> So sometimes he does a remote session. Yeah, he can't raise his own money to do these things because he's like a he's like a, a meek little like professor. Oh, stop. He can't stop. He needs somebody else to help him. He could raise money, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like getting signed to a major label it's, deal with it's all these. You're now, getting a sense sure. of the business of for this, sure. and it's interesting to me. Yeah, and is. I see nothing wrong with it because they're like Stephen. Daily Wire's response is, "We're capitalists here. Like this is a market. Yeah. We have to make money. We have to make profit. What are you talking about?" And I, one of the weird things is that this guy saying, "I want to fight the left by acting like a total collectivist socialist," saying this is exploitive. It's like just negotiate. Yeah. And it's all about cloud and leverage yeah. and what people can offer. And it was so bizarre and just clearly calculated. Yeah. 
It was really well, icky and dirty, and now it's all unfolding. Yeah. Right, like today, it's all unfolding. So the he's going on Tim Cast tonight. He's going on uh, Tim Pool tonight. To talk about it. Yeah, because Candace Owens was just on last week saying, uh, "This guy going off like going against Crowder." Yeah, uh, everyone's like, "This guy is yeah. the what's his name in in the what's his the, the people who betrayed Winterfell." Uh, uh oh, in the Red Wedding. Yeah, he turned mm-hmm. to her. I'm not gonna remember. I can't remember because Game of Thrones is for, too far in the past. Yeah. But this is the scene of the Red Wedding. Stephen Crowder is that guy. And he turns to he turns to her and goes, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Crowder, who they've been they've been on podcasts together. They've all been in the same club. Yeah, and now a betrayal. And I know you like that stuff. I love that. I hope stuff. I summed it up. I mean, it was so it, fragmented. It seems it seems like the natural course of things because like their business model is is culture war. So you just created a sort of a new war. To yeah. Fight. Within the war, yeah, it's pretty. It's like smart. It's Game of Thrones, yeah. Well, it's like but, you think but all that's how people... they think, so that's what they see. And that's, it yeah. feels, yeah, and, and um, he just created a new culture war. Yeah, and I had the opportunity because I I saw Ben in person. We were talking about yeah. it, but he was just did like, he, did he say anything you could share about it? Not really. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel like that would be cool of me to share because yeah. whatever. Because we were just talking off the record about things, mm-hmm. but uh, um, you know. It was uh, he was it was it was crazy, was he, but he's did, like they're over it, they're moving on. Did but. he seem stressed or was he? It was uh, just like another. Thing. I'll say it was on the weekend. I didn't want to talk shop right, too much right, on right. that. We were just like, I'm sure up. he doesn't talk politics. Not when he's what? Off, I'm sure he doesn't talk politics when he's off work. Yeah, listen, I try to I try to be respectful of that space <laughs> no, a little I'm bit. Sure, you know, sure. when we people, both have our kids with do us, people swarm him in these places and like shul and synagogue. I think everyone tries to kind of keep a balance. The younger yeah. people are coming up like, yo, do I love you stuff so much? I love it so much. It's amazing. You know, there's a lot of he's a lot of fans in florida it's not hostile when he walks in the room is there like a vibe shift you remember when neil was here yeah and he was like when a celebrity enters the room or somebody with a thing um i think the people who are there all the time are used to it um and it's fine what's his hair like in person (laughs) he seems like he has a good head of hair it's glorious, Michael. it's it's normal normal it's all kind of normal you just try to play it's just like you get it people are also like you know yeah yeah. So, so the, this thing kind of re- reminds me a little bit about the Coffeezilla Logan Paul thing, mm-hmm. which I which I've been following and I found really really interesting. Tell me, um, have you did, have you been following the whole thing? We're late on this already. We're very late. It happened a few weeks ago. Yeah. I know that there's a guy who's been trying to expose Logan Paul has had his ups and downs mm-hmm. in his content create as a, as a creator over right. the years. He was like big on Vine and then he right. crashed and burned with Japan. Which the I video realize, and then yeah. he had a comeback. I'm like, look at Logan Paul becoming this mature person right. who's like now has this like the biggest podcast in the world and then into NFT projects right. and now someone's trying to expose him as a fraud. So this guy Coffeezilla, who I didn't know about until Alex Fridman had had him on his podcast. He's he's like this investigative reporter that has his own YouTube channel. Rogue with, Rogue with investigative like, um, reporter. Yeah, like two and a half million subscribers. And he and he does, I think, specifically crypto stuff. He like has kind of found his niche a little bit in crypto. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, so I, I saw him on Lex Fridman, and then YouTube must have known. So they put up this new video that said like exposing Logan Paul's NFT scam, which was like candy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I love to see that. And so we had this this, like... <laughs> this three part series about how Logan Paul something zoo, um, yeah, crypto zoo. Mm-hmm. So the first part was how Logan Paul is sort of a huge scammer, mm-hmm. and then the second part is actually Logan Paul was the one who got scammed by this team that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and then the third part was just sort of like summing it up. I th- I thought it was, it was like it was like it was like candy. It was good entertainment, but it was also like pretty fair. It was, it was pretty much saying like Logan Paul got in way over in his head, and he got scammed by these kind of sophisticated people who okay. who are looking for people to scam in, right. in this space. Right. He he and 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 he kind of got fucked. And and then he sort of did instead of stepping up and like taking accountability for the entire thing because it was his face on it. He he sort of didn't. And he just kind of moved on to the next project. That was kind of like the and Coffeezilla the, wouldn't the let it go. No, no, that, that was conclusion. It got like I think seven and a half million views. It was like mm-hmm. it was like a huge video for Coffeezilla. And then Logan Paul came on. Um, he's like, I'm, he, it was like winter break. It was like Christmas break. He's like, I'm gonna address this on January third. He comes out with a video saying basically, you think you got fucked? People who lost money on this NFT project. I'm the one who got fucked. Mm-hmm. I'm just like you. We all got fucked together. Mm-hmm. Which which I thought was just like a really poor poor way to respond to it okay and then on his podcast his buddy george sort of like pointed it out and logan paul kind of couldn't wrap his head around it um george jenko yeah and and but now coffeezilla came out with like another thing and now they're going back now now like you see the game now they're using it they're like this is something people want to see let's both let's go back and forth for a while i've seen we'll generate millions of views and like and, and now everyone's a winner <laughs> um, but it's 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 kind of the same thing. Is he going to have Coffeezilla on the show? Is that something? Probably, and he'll probably go on Coffeezilla. Probably go on doing appearances. But it's the same thing with like the Daily Wire thing, where they're just like, "Oh, this is like a new avenue to get views for both of us. Let's play a I, game." Yeah, but I think when this stuff happens, yeah, the views are it could be a positive or negative externality of it for him at least. For who? Coffeezilla? For louder with Crowder, it's a it's a win. It's a win. For Daily it's a Wire, very it's... dark win at the expense of your integrity and your relationships. I, bet you thought I don't about think it. it's a long game strategy. Maybe not. Maybe it's a bad strategy. The relationships that he's tarnished, the friendships that he's betrayed in doing something so low. But maybe he realizes that's that's the soap opera people tune into, like damaged damaged relationships and like the payoff. If I can, it, the payoff at the end of like. Yeah, but he's had, he has is... six million subs on YouTube. He makes millions of dollars a year. What do you have left if not the currency of relationships? What do you mean? What does that mean? What matters to you after that? Mm-hmm. Like you've moved the goalpost to the point where no, I still have to grow. I still need more clicks. I don't think clicks matter to him. He gets tons of clicks. Like he's he's won that game already that you're talking about. He probably I doubt he thinks it. He's beat like that, that game in yeah. a sense. Like he has an audience. He has a loyal fan base. He ha- and uh, he. Has able to tour and do the things it, he wants to do creatively, then why go to war with people you have relationships that you if, value? If, if I don't, that's know, very cynical. I don't know any of this. It sounds to me like he's looking at it and goes like, "I'm at six million. Like I want to get to the sixty million. I like I want to be an Alex Jones big. I think he might be off mentally is and is like on Maybe. this crusade of justice, this weird delusions of grandeur. Like they're exploiting the little guy and I have to stand up for them. And there may be some mm. weird megalomania going on where he thinks he's the crusader to save the smaller YouTuber and he's got a warped... It's so bizarre and inexplicable. Because to do it for clicks too, it's like... You have a weird warped sense of priorities when like the people you've developed deep friendships with over the years and worked with and collaborated with to just for like like the lure of clicks and growth. I know it's very appealing to people like us yeah. right now at the stage we're at where every click matters. Like well, it feels like something that we, that we would give up a lot for. But at his level, and I could I, I just feel like that would no, be a very big price to pay for some more emails on it, your list. It makes him instead of in the ecosystem of Ben Shapiro, it makes him his own brand, his own island. He already is. He's so popular i know to you it doesn't seem that way he's huge but maybe to him it doesn't seem that way maybe he's just taking issue with the fact that like 
the Daily Wire is, or these other institutions are growing and getting too big, mm-hmm. and he wants to keep things rogue and indie. I don't really know. Maybe. But to record your friend of 10 years, like Ben was his lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> ben was his lawyer back in the day when he was doing a, like a drafting another thing on his behalf. Ben did some legal work for him. Yeah. Like, I think when he was doing, oh, maybe when he was negotiating with Fox News for a correspondence like Ben was his lawyer. Right. Why would <laughs> you record a conversation? You know, as a calculated effort to try yeah. to catch you saying something, <coughs> it's effed up. Like to me, you can't like 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 reputation, <coughs> integrity, character versus clicks when you already have a lot of clicks and mm-hmm. a lot of money and like that's all you have mm-hmm. that you can't replace. That to me is much more invaluable. That's all I'll say. It's invaluable. If you f that up, you could lose money. You can gain money. You can lose subs. You can gain subs. Back and forth. If you lose. Your reputation, your integrity, your trust, your public mm. trust, that's much more invaluable to me. Mm. It, it, once you have the financial stuff taken care of and all that, I get it. It's, it's like I get why you may compromise one relationship or another. I wouldn't do it, but you can understand the incentive. Yeah. The incentive is not well, there. In the red, Something else is going on. In the Red Wedding, he gave up like one ally for another ally. You think there's someone else waiting in the corner that's like, if you do this to Ben, I'll, I'll be there for you? I, I, I'm not in behind the scenes of this theater yeah. to have any sense of that, yeah. but he's one of the most well-known per- people in this space. So I just don't. And it was a term sheet. It's a conversation starter. Here's what we'd like to do. He could say, "Nah, let's try this. Okay, let's come to something yeah. that we <laughs> something's calculated and yeah. weird." The only thing I could say is like, "I'm going to go to war with the Daily Wire. I'm going to start my own Daily Wire, and uh, this is how I do it." it I'm cutthroat like to me because that's I never heard of him until this. Yeah, so yeah. it's working. Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. Now it's so a, maybe it's, a it's like exactly. I'm actually a capitalist. It's and a I'm, I'm dirty. Story. Yeah, I'm dirty. Yeah. It's a big boy move. You like it? I respect it. I like, the, I like this guy. <laughs> That's a good one to go out on. Who should we, who could we stab in the back? Oh. Uh, looking ahead 50, is there someone that we could? Who do you like, want to record secretly and release on the pod? Good question. Maybe the mislabeled guys. Maybe we could like really sort of like. I think, uh, I think we could. Piggyback, piggyback on there. Go higher. Let's see. Success. Go bigger. Go bigger. Flappish girl. You want to see? I think. I think. We Full know, circle. I think we know. What we need to do it to get Flappish girl <laughs> talking about us. <laughs> um, anyone else we could secretly? No. Let's think of someone we really value. We're really close to who mm-hmm. we will betray. Rev Judah. Have mm-hmm. him back on the podcast, but not just a phone call. And then oh, we release right. an episode saying, "I didn't want to have to do this, but boom." Right. Let's think about it for okay, next week. About it. All right. All right. Good. All right. The Buckle Up Betrayal coming up. We can't wait to share it with all of you for clicks. That's how we do business here at Buckle Up. Breaking up big podcast. For episode 50, we celebrate our planned betrayal. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're usually the one who initiates that. I know. And now you're feeling so positive <laughs> after your uh, travels to the Holy Land. Buckle Up, episode 50. Buckle up, baby. 2023, baby. Oh.